The reading this morning comes from Luke and chapter 1. In the section before we start our reading, Gabriel comes to Mary and explains that she will have this lovely child. And he also explains that Elizabeth too, her cousin, is expecting a little one and there'll be a year between these two boys. And we start with the last thing that the angel says to Mary. And this is what he says. Nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things to me, and holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down the rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but the rich he has sent empty away. He's helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he was to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months, and then she returned home. Now please would you pray with me. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the reassurance that nothing is impossible with you. And thank you, Father God, for Mary's willingness to take on this amazing task. And dear God, now as Robin comes to speak to us, I pray that you will anoint him, that you will bless his words, and that you will open our ears and our minds and our wills too. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, good morning everybody. This is the one time of the year where I'm glad I'm not a policeman. On my very first Christmas of policemen on the beat, in the days when policemen were on the beat, I was called to an accident. Now, I was the only policeman out on the streets, and it was a horrific accident, and I did something which actually was daft 
at training school we were taught always to shout out, did anybody see what happened? Looking for witnesses. But, Christmas morning, there's nobody there. It was about half past six, I guess. Nobody was around, but I thought, I'll do exactly what I was told at training school. Did anybody see what happened? Now, there was someone lying on the road in the street. I was waiting for an ambulance to come along. Nobody else around. And suddenly a window opened at the top of this high-rise flat and yelled out, Yes, I did! Which was the last thing I wanted to hear, because it meant I'd got to spend even more time trying to sort out Christmas morning's accident. As a superintendent at Moss Side, I was there for four years and three Christmases, and we had three murders in, in consecutive years, when I was called out in the middle of the night to somebody who had been killed, looking for suspects, and in each of them they were domestic circumstances where you'd think Christmas would be the happy time, whereas in fact it ended in death. So I'm glad not to be a policeman, because this morning I'm hoping not to be called out to any murders. Please! Today it's about great expectations. In this following week, nine months will have passed by from the time I'm speaking about now to next Saturday when we remember Christ was born. It's incredible to me that this young lady, Mary, that she could be told that she was going to have not only a baby, but the Son of God. She would be giving birth. What a surprise to her and to Joseph. She even was told that he was to be called Jesus, Saviour, the Son of God. Incredible and almost unbelievable. And yet wonderfully, Mary simply said, I am the Lord's servant. And I hope that this morning, as we listen, as I speak, we may recognise that we are servants of God, willing to do what he asks us to do. To me it was incredible that Elizabeth, probably her older cousin, was also involved in this heavenly plan, because she was already with child John the Baptist, and he was going to be born six months before Christ. Incredible too that Elizabeth was so inspired to recognise that Mary was going to be the mother of the Saviour of the world. When preparing for this some weeks ago, it, it, it just it amazed me how much scripture Mary knew. Bear in mind that in a synagogue, the ladies are a distance apart. I once went to worship in a synagogue uh, on the 40th anniversary of the Holocaust, and it was the first time I'd actually seen this, where the women are upstairs behind a glass screen, rabbiting away as they were, and knitting, if I remember rightly, and twice during the service, the rabbi had to yell out to them, Be quiet! Mind you, the fellow next door to me had his earplugs in listening to Manchester United playing football. That's another story. <laughs> but the synagogues didn't welcome the ladies. Now I wonder how much Mary was taking in at the synagogue services, or if she read the scriptures. I guess it was that, and an inspiration by God, because in what we're going to see in a moment, Mary quoted scripture time and again. Is that not a challenge to us as well? 
that when we have a quiet time, we don't just go through a routine, I hope in the morning when we get up, but that we learn something and we learn those scriptures because that's what's going to take us through day after day. Well, there was no hesitation as far as I could see from Mary. She was a bit, a bit querulous when I has to say that. But she didn't actually say to God, why me? She just simply said, I am your servant. Luke records these exact words and it's known as the Magnificat or what glorifies God. Sun in many churches, isn't it, every Sunday morning. I've done it myself. And I wonder why we sing how wonderful it is that we're going to have a baby. Because most of us aren't. But it's actually the way of glorifying God through Scripture. Mary's words are very similar to those of Hannah, when she was told that she was going to have the baby Samuel. Remember, she had not conceived for years and years, and she wondered if it ever would happen. And then she thanked God when she was told that she would have a son, Samuel. And she gave Samuel to God, that firstborn son. Much of Mary's praise to God has come from her knowledge of the Psalms, and we'll see also other scriptures. And it's also a prophecy which Mary made about what God was going to do through her son. So let's learn a lot, shall we, from this expectation of Mary having a son and I hope and pray expecting great things next Christmas, this Christmas, now, in our lives. First of all, Mary's joy and gratitude to God. My soul glorifies the Lord. And the message puts it even better than that. I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the son of my Saviour God. Now some of you will have seen last night, I'm sure, the winner of the dancing program which has been going on for months, is it not, on television. And there was a lot of rejoicing there. People jumping up and down and having a great party. But nothing compared with the joy which Mary had as the servant of God. I'm bursting with God news. And then she quotes straight from Psalm 18 and from Isaiah and from Habakkuk. I delight greatly in the Lord, the God of my salvation. I remember Raymond Brown, Reverend Raymond Brown, saying that every evening as he goes to bed, he wants to thank God for the day he's just had. And he recounts that even on the day he was actually going to go and preach, but on a snowy day like this, he couldn't get the car out of his garage, so he hopped it over his garden fence and then across a farmer's field, but in climbing the gate, fell from the top and broke his leg. And there he is in a field, miles from anywhere it seemed, about, but not going to preach. Anyway, somebody found him, I don't know who it was, a farmer or a cow or whatever, and he was taken to hospital. And when he got into hospital, had his legs set, he was lying there in bed, and what on earth can I thank God for? He said, I simply said, thank you, Lord, it could have been worse. I suppose that's one way of saying thank you. The cause of Mary's song is that God has deigned to choose her, a peasant of low estate, to fulfill the hope of every Jewish maiden. 
it's probable that in Judaism, that which gave the deepest meaning and joy to any mother was the possibility that the child she was bearing might be the deliverer, as promised four or five times in the Old Testament. Look at Psalm 138 and you'll see these very words about a virgin bearing a son. Mary realises that every generation will call her blessed. And that's not a veneration to make her equal with God. I think we've got to be very clear about that. Mary is not God and is not to be worshipped. She is the servant of God but had the privilege of bearing the Lord Jesus. This is the word, the Greek word, makarizo, which means declare happy. And I read in the Jewish New Testament commentary that it also means fortunate. And so here she is, Mary, the fortunate one, the happy one, to give birth. The same words used again in Luke chapter 11, verse 27, when a woman in the crowd cries out to Jesus, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and who nursed you. It's the same word, makarios, happy and fortunate. Do you remember Archbishop President Makarios? The fuss there was in Greece some years ago. Well, some of you won't remember that, but people of my generation will. I wonder if he knew that Archbishop Makarios had the name Blessed and Fortunate. Probably not. Mary also knew from her scriptures because she quotes Proverbs chapter 31. This Hebrew word, in respect of a wife of noble character, her children and her husband will call her blessed. Mary quoting scripture. But, this is the wonderful thing, Mary's not wanting to talk about herself for long because she quickly speaks, secondly, of the character of God. And seven times here, that little word he, capital H-E, she speaks of God and what he has done. The mighty one has done great things. This is God. She uses the word dinatos, all-powerful, and the mighty one that there is no other God comparable to him who has wrought this miracle. The root of this word is dynamis, from which we get the word dynamite. Powerful, explosive power. And there she is quoting Psalm 71. Mary underlines God's character from Psalm 111. Separate, set apart, and there's no other beside him. He is an awesome God. We even sing that, do we not, in some of our modern songs. He's merciful. Loving kindness to those who've learnt to trust him. Psalm 103. He's discriminate. He's performed mighty deeds which no one else could accomplish. The proud can go it alone if they don't recognise him. Psalm 98 and also Jeremiah 13. How much do we bring scripture into our conversation, into our worship? If we have that build up, from our quiet times, how much better it is to worship God, even in his own word. Then Mary continues, thirdly, about the sovereignty of God. He has the power, she says, to remove those who rule their lands, but ignore him. Many, many nations ignore the sovereignty of God, 
and they do so at their own peril. Against that he receives those who've humbled themselves to admit their need of him. Mary knows that her son will change the lives of many who come to trust him. What a privilege she had of bearing the Son of God. She quotes Psalm 107 when recognising that God has filled and renewed life for those who are hungry for him, who want more of him. And Psalm 49, those who are rich and see no need to trust God are empty and away from God. Chris and I know a man in the Isle of Man, a very rich man, a wealthy man who thanks God for the letter M. I wonder if you've ever thanked God for the letter M. I doubt it. Well, of course, in Scripture, it doesn't say not any rich man can enter the kingdom of heaven. It says not many who are rich. So that's why he thanks God for the letter M, because he, as a rich man, is a real believer in God. That goes for us all doesn't matter whether we're poor or rich. If we trust him, we know that eternal life is ours. Then on a fourth point, Mary talks about the promising God and underlines his particular love for Israel. He has helped his servant Israel. This is Mary remembering her scripture from Genesis 22. I ought to say, well, do you remember what Genesis 22 says? <laughs> Of course you do know it. All I can do is remind you. This was where Abraham was tested by God and almost sacrificed his son Isaac. Do you remember on the altar? And God, seeing that Abraham was willing to follow him, God's servant, he said, I will promise you this, I will surely bless you and your descendants. This is the Hebrew word Barak. So we've got another president in mind. I wonder if the President of the United States, Barack Obama, recognises that he is blessed by God. So what do we learn from this wonderful passage of Scripture? Do you think that Mary realised that her son would walk on water, would make the blind see and the deaf hear? That he would change the lives of many but divide sheep and goats. Of course she knew. She knew scripture. She would have been out of quotes Isaiah 61 which Jesus himself quoted the spirit of the Lord is on me. Describing what he as the Messiah would be doing in his life on earth. But you see she also would have known Isaiah 53 her son was going to be despised and rejected by men. That he would be led as a lamb to the slaughter. That she would be weeping at the foot of the cross where her crucified son would be saving the world. And yet here's Mary rejoicing in God, my Saviour, knowing that there's going to be trouble ahead. Chris and I were in Bethlehem some while ago at the maternity hospital there, outside of which is a big statue of Mary holding the baby Jesus. And right through her body is the bullet hole from a machine gun from the fighting there in 1967. Ironic, isn't it? 
that even on a statue there's still the wound. I wonder what she felt in her thinking forward that when Christ died on the cross that he was going to rise again. And there she was in the upper room seeing the son who only three days before she'd seen die amongst her and her disciple and his disciples. A strange feeling perhaps, but Mary was able to rejoice in God her Saviour. She knew that the world didn't need a professor or a scientist or an entertainer or an engineer or an economist, all these things which we think we need. She knew that the world needs a Saviour, the Lord Jesus. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life he brings to all men. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. I have no doubt we'll be singing that even tonight. Well now, this is entitled, is it not? Great Expectations. And I wonder what our song is today. Is it a song of gratitude for the magnitude of God and his blessings in our life? Or do we just tolerate him? Is it a habit through which we go to come to church? A habit merely to read the scriptures rather than, as Mary did, remembering them in her heart. I wonder how much we actually thank God day by day despite all the things that face us which are not always the greatest things on earth. The great expectation for Mary was, yes, the birth of Christ. What are our expectations this week before Christmas? Are we expecting, for instance, the fact that Jesus is coming again? We've no idea when that's going to happen. But it's an urgency which we should be bearing in mind. Are we expecting hostility because of our faith? Are we expecting our neighbours and colleagues to listen to our testimony as they see us live for Christ? Or doesn't it affect them at all? What's our response to him this morning? Even as we're asked whether we want to be a school governor. Do we say, as Mary said, I am the Lord's servant, whatever he asks me to do? Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for Mary and her song and the record, record that we have, so explicit from Scripture. Oh Lord, we just thank you that our Saviour in coming to earth as a small babe but as the saviour of the world and that we know him today as the risen saviour he who loved us and gave himself for us Lord we pray that this morning you'll help us to see where we stand before you indeed in our worship bowing our head but saying to you Lord we're at your service Call us to what you want us to do and help us to respond, we pray.
And Lord Jesus, we ask as well, you born in a stable, we pray that you'll give courage to all who are homeless. Lord, you who fled into Egypt to give comfort to all refugees. And Jesus, you who fasted in the desert to give relief to those who are starving. And you, Lord, who hung in agony on the cross, we pray for your strength to all who suffer. Thank you, Lord, that you died for us. We thank you for your forgiveness. And Lord, in your mercy, we ask that you will hear our prayer and teach us and use us in your loving purpose to your glory. Amen.